Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, if you would, for the reading of God's Word, if you're able to. John chapter 1. We're in a series on Wednesday nights that we've been preaching, actually been preaching through the different names of Jesus Christ uh, through uh, this series. We've titled the series, Power in That Name. There's so much that we can learn about Jesus Christ concerning uh, by His names and concerning Him, but also those names, are, within those names are, are some powerful things for you and me that will help us, some great things there also. And so we'll be looking a little bit at another one tonight. John chapter 1, begin reading verse 1, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So you're going to preach on the Word? I've already did that one, okay? So we're going to move on. Uh, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. There's the one we're going to be looking at tonight. That all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That, is, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Again there, look at verse 9. says, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that uh, every man that cometh into the world. I'd like to preach the message tonight. We've titled That True Light. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to gather again, Lord, around the Word of God. We thank you for the songs that lift up our Savior. We thank you, Lord, for the thoughts that, Lord, you're coming back for us again. Lord, we're looking forward to that. We thank you that we are redeemed, Lord, by the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your precious blood. Lord, as we move through this week, Lord, looking at at uh, the, the services on Sunday, Lord, the resurrection. Lord, our hearts are full and excited, Lord, to think about we serve a living Savior, not a dead one. And we thank you for that hope and that promise because he lives, we can live also. But now, Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we look at this name of Jesus, of the light. And Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen us. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. This name, like most of the names that, we have, that we've been through, and describes Jesus, but it also reveals His ability to meet some different needs in our lives. If, and such names as like Savior, well, how does that meet a, a, a need in our lives? Well, he's, he, he's able to save our soul, keep us from going to the devil's hell. Well, another one would be Counselor. You know, one of the greatest things that we need in this day and time is we need counsel and the greatest place to get it is from the Word of God and from the Lord Himself. Jesus said that He is the Word in the very first part of this uh, chapter 1 of, of, of John here. And so we can get counsel from that. Redeemer, uh, He's the one that purchased us. A Redeemer, He bought us back. We were sold into sin by great, 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 great grandpappy uh, Adam. And when he sinned, we were sold into sin, and we've been bought back. We've been redeemed. He is the Redeemer. And so we see the names coming together that mean a whole lot. The Word, and which gives us direction. The, the great high priest, he's the one that goes before uh, uh, and hears our prayers. Uh, we find that he's also called the advocate in the Bible. 
And that means that he stands before God and advocates for you and me as we come before him. And so there's so many titles and so many names and we could go on with the names and what they mean in our lives and, and meet needs in our lives. Well, we're looking at one here tonight. He's the light, the true light. And so let's look at this. Jesus is the light, which John was speaking of here in chapter one. John was the forerunner. Otherwise, he was the one that came to make known that there was one coming that, uh, that would be the Redeemer, the, the one that would be the light, the one that would be the Word of God, the one that would be the, the Savior of the world. And he was a forerunner to introduce, you might say, Jesus Christ. He was preparing the way for Jesus. Look in verse 6 there. It says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. Speaking of Jesus Christ, that all men through him might believe. And it says he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. If you go back and you do some study and reading there, you find that they came to John the Baptist and they said, Who are you? Are you the Messiah? He said, I tell you, I am not him. I'm not him. I'm not the Messiah. But I come to be the one, the forerunner, the one that is preparing the way for the light to come into the world, for the, the Savior to come before you and to present Himself. And so He, he makes a, a, a bold statement and said, I am not the Savior. Jesus also declared Himself to be the, the light of the world. In John chapter 8 and verse 12, it says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You see there that how he brings together the fact that he is that light, not just for himself, not just so that people can see him, but he is the light for all to see, not just one person, but for all mankind to see. He's the light of the world, that he might bring them out of darkness, that they might have eternal life. In John chapter 12 and verse 46, Jesus again says, I am Come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. So we have Jesus himself as the light and the essence of that which is good. You know, when you begin to think of, of light and darkness, and you begin to think about good and evil, and, and most of the time, you know, even, in, you know, even in the, uh, uh, the old westerns and everything, the, the cowboy that had the white hat, he was the good guy. The cowboy that had the black hat, he was the bad guy. And it's just kind of the way it is. And representing almost the darkness of this world. When you look at the darkness of this world, it represents evil. When you look at the light, it is that which is good. Trying to bring about uh, uh, the good uh, in, in people to see the Lord Jesus Christ, that they might see Him through the light that He has shined into this world. So we have Jesus as that light. He's the essence of good in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. It says, This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. You know, to fully understand light, you must consider the opposite of that which is light also. You must consider that there's darkness. You must consider that there, you know, for, for instance, uh, you know, to understand love, you almost have to understand hate. You almost have to understand hate. If you was to take away some things, you would never understand the other, the opposite of it. And for us to really grasp what Jesus is, the light, we need to understand that there's darkness. 
We live in a, in a dark world today. And it's continually getting darker and darker and darker. It seems as though it's continually around us. But to get to that full understanding, there's, could I say that, that there's no darkness in Jesus? That there's not even a shadow? Not even a shadow. No, he, it's because He is perfect light. You know, when we get to heaven, we'll not need the sun or the moon because we'll have the Son of God that will, that will illuminate all things and there'll forever be light. There'll never be darkness. And the Lord wants us to have that light in our hearts and lives today. You know, when you think about you can look around in here and just around you on the floor there, you'll see shadows on the floor. That's a form of darkness. But with Jesus Christ, there is no shadow of darkness. See what he's saying? I mean that there is absolutely no wickedness, no evil, or anything in him. He's absolute pure light. I've been in, in some rooms before where with the light was so bright and everything, you look around and you couldn't, you couldn't see any shadow until you look straight down around you. But could I say that there's no shadow with Jesus Christ? Many times we live in a, in a day and time when we can find little b things wrong with somebody. You know, everybody in here knows somebody and you, you say, oh, they're just perfect. They're just perfect. Everything about them, there's nothing wrong with them. Well, if the, the truth is known, there's something wrong with all of us. And we can find little things that we could pick apart. But with Jesus Christ, you cannot find any sin. You cannot find any wrong. He is that perfect light. But the Bible speaks of one that is contrary to Jesus or the opposite of Jesus, the light, and that's Satan. In Luke chapter 22, in verse 53, it says, When I was daily with you, Jesus was speaking, He said, When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour. And notice what He says, And the power of darkness. The power of darkness. There is a power that is associated with darkness. And that power is Satan. Satan's that power of darkness. Many times people speak of darkness. They, when they're speaking of darkness, they're speaking a, uh, uh, about going through or maybe having been through a, a time when Satan or his demonic workers were, are invading and seeking to gain control in, their, in, their pers- in that person's life, creating difficulties in their lives and seeing no end to their troubles, seeing no, no hope of getting out. It's all, you know, we've always heard people say, well, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Many people, when they're going through dark times, when Satan is attacking and, and trying to pull them down and trying to destroy their lives, it's as though they can't even see light at the end of the tunnel. It's as though they're, they get, it begins to close in upon them and, and begins to shut in around them and the darkness begins to get thicker and thicker and thicker and darker and darker and darker. Satan is a, is, a, is a power of darkness and he works in people's lives trying to keep them from seeing the light, the perfect light, Jesus Christ. We live in a day and time when things are getting darker and darker, you might say, from the power of darkness, from Satan. And you say, well, you know, uh, what do you do in that period of time? You get in the light. You get in the light. Have you ever... Uh, have you ever maybe have a splinter or something in your, in your hand and, 
and you're trying to see it and maybe you're outside or maybe it's getting dark or something and you're trying to see it and you get up close and you say, well, preacher, you, you wear glasses, your problem. No, no, I can see better with my bifocals on, amen, probably than you can with your naked eye. But anyway, you can't see it. And, and because it's just kind of dark, there's a shadow there. So you go inside and you get all the light that you possibly can. And then you can see that little booger down in there. You got to get in the light. You realize that the light reveals a lot. Reveals a lot. Uh, how many times have you ladies uh, uh, just quickly in a, in a room or something put your makeup on, maybe your lipstick or your eye uh, gook or whatever that stuff is and and uh, you got that all stuff smeared here and there, you know, and you think you got it just right. And, and then you get out in the car and the sun is shining in, in the window and you flop that little mirror down, the, the vanity mirror in the car, amen? You flop that down, you look at it, and because of the good light out there, you're going, oh my. I messed up here somewhere. The caulking gun didn't squirt just right, amen? And uh, so... That good light, it helps. It helps. Or maybe in your house, you may have kind of uh, uh, not real great light and you, and you look at your clothes and say, well, I think that matches. And you go outside in the real good light. And you look at it and think, I look like one of the clowns at the circus that don't match. And it really reveals. You see, the light of God reveals some things in our hearts and lives. So Satan wants darkness to be in your life. He doesn't want to reveal the things in your life that need to be changed. He doesn't want you to see the imperfections in your life because then you begin to realize that you need Jesus Christ. And so you say, well, preacher, what do you do? We're living in a dark world. You get to the light. You get to the light. I'll never, for, I'll never forget uh, walking in that house and was going to, we was installing a, a satellite dish and we had rockite. We mixed rockite. I forget, it was like four or five pounds of rockite with a, with a, uh, a bag of a Quick Creek. And uh, we used hot water and we could hang one of those 10-foot satellite dishes in 30 minutes. It would get that hard and that strong, but you had to use hot water to speed it up. And so we carried five-gallon buckets, and we'd go in and say, can we get uh, hot water out of your bathtub? Sure, sure. We went, I went into this one house, and, and I knew something was wrong because it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty rough, pretty nasty. They had the back door off the hinges, laid down, nailed to the wall to keep the kid from crawling outside. So I walked down the hall and went to the bathroom it, in there where the bathroom was, and, and I reached over, and I flipped the light switch on, and in front of me was the tub, and I seen about uh, 60, 70 cockroaches go. <laughs> and they scattered. They was okay as long as it was dark. But when the light come on, they begin to scoot. You want know in our lives, sin, when it's revealed by the light of Jesus Christ, it can put it on the scoot. It can cause it to move on. You see, Satan is the one that likes the darkness. We also see darkness in this world around us as Satan seeks even more to move out into the open and to oppress and to draw people into a greater darkness. And that's what he's busy today doing. He said, Preacher, why are you telling us? Because you've got to understand darkness before you're going to appreciate and understand light. 
just this week, there was, and I don't remember the, the rapper's name, there's a rapper, and now he's in a lawsuit with uh, Nike because he had a shoe made. They call it the Satan shoe. It literally has, they say, drops of human blood in the sole of the shoe. It has a pentagram on the, on the, where the tongue comes up right there. It's got a pentagram on it. It's got, uh, of course, the Nike swoosh on it. Nike didn't make it, but it was a, it was a trade deal, a trademark deal that they, they was trying to use that to get people to buy it and sell it. Nike's suing them now, but anyway, that was on there. It had a scripture on it that spoke about Satan falling from heaven like lightning. And it had on the back of the shoe where there's a, that little thing, that a lot of tennis shoes had a little loop back here, you grab it and pull it up. It had an upside down cross, which is a symbolic temple, uh, symbol. And so it's as though there is a push, even more so in these last days. And Satan is trying to usher in more darkness and more darkness and pull people into that trap of that darkness. To keep them from receiving Christ as their Savior. And even to keep Christians from serving the Lord. You know, you look around here and say, well, preach boy, I'm glad I live in the country. I'm glad we're living here in Marshall. And man, I'm glad we don't have all that stuff going on around here. Today. This very day. Right after I ate lunch, I thought, I'm going to go get me a soda. It's my birthday. <clears throat> I stopped at Casey's on Odell. And as I pulled up and got out of my truck, there was a black Jeep sitting there. And the first thing that caught my attention was the license plate. The license plate was this, CD 666. And then on the mirrors, and I'm not even going to give the, show the symbol, it was a hand symbol that is used by Satan that is basically when they point that symbol at you with a, with a hand signal, it means that they are cursing you that you would die. And I thought, surely not. I seen something hanging on the back of it, couldn't tell what it was, and I went inside, and there stood a man all dressed in black, had heavy metal rock junk and some symbols and and I couldn't tell what they were, but I'm sure there's probably satanic symbols on there. And the eerie thing that got me after I found out what was going on is when I walked in, that man just turned and looked at me and stared a hole through me. I couldn't get my eyes off of him. He kept looking back at me. And I walked over, got my soda, and, I, and he checked out and went out, and I stood there and I thought, what is that hanging on the back of that? I, I could tell it was some type of flag. And as he backed up and he began to pull out, that flag flipped out. It was a three-by-five flag with black, red stripes in it, and a pentagram. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Darkness is pushing in. Say, preacher, I don't want to think about that stuff. Well, you better. I'm not talking about thinking about that. I think you better realize how much darkness is pushing in into this world. 
much of the different things of the, uh, I'm not even going to because we've got little kids in here, but the, a lot of things that's, that's taken place is because of the darkness that's moving in on every hand. Here's why you do. You get to the light. We've got to understand that there's darkness. Satan is emboldened in these last days and he drags more and more into that darkness with him. The reason that he does is because we, as the children of God, are not shining the light of Jesus Christ. We want to think that, oh, it's their fault. No, it's our fault. We have the light. And I'll get into that in a minute. But let me read something else. He said, well, America, you know, there's always been around. I understand that, but listen to this. This came out this week also. For the first time in 80 years, Gallup has found that less than half of U.S. adults belong to a church, synagogue, or mosque. They didn't just say church. They included synagogues and mosques. Less than 50%. That's the first time in 80 years. American membership in houses of worship continued to decline last year, dropping below 50% for the first time in Gallup's eight-decade trend. You say, well, it's because of COVID. No, that, they, that was all taken into account. It was, are you part of a church membership? Are you part of church? If you was able to be in church, would you be in church? Less than 50%. Gallup reported in a, in a Monday post, U.S. church membership was 73% when Gallup first measured it in 1937 and remained near 70% for the next six decades before beginning to a steady decline around the turn of the 21st century. Membership numbers dropped to 50% by 2018 and last year slipped to 47%. The decline in membership is due to not only a decline in religious Americans belonging to a church, but also an increase in Americans who do not follow a religion at all, according to Gallup. Over the past two decades, the percentage of Americans who do not identify with any religion has grown from 8% in 1998 to 2000 to 13% in 2008 to 2010, and now 21% over the past three years. The trend is likely to continue with the Gallup knowing that church membership is strongly correlated with age. While 66% of Americans born before, before 1946 belong to a church, only 58% of baby boomers do. Meanwhile, the membership of Generation X is 50% and just 36% for millennials Available data on adult members of Generation Z appear to mirror millennial rates of religiosity. Basically what it is saying is that the darkness is moving in. There's darkness. And what is needed today is there needs to be light. So, people, so as people turn from the light, what happens? They turn to darkness. When you turn from the light of Jesus Christ, who, who is light... You're going to turn to darkness. In John chapter 3, verse 19, it says this, And this is a condemnation that light is come into the world, speaking of Jesus Christ, 
And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil, notice what it says, hateth the light. Hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And so we see a falling away in the day and time which we live. You go over into the prophecies, you go into Revelation, you go into, into Timothy, and you find that the Bible says that in the last days that things will wax worse and worse. It also, Timothy says, that people will depart from the truth and heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, wanting people to just say, you're okay, everything's fine, you're okay. Not looking for truth, not looking for light, but slipping slowly into the shadows. Keep that in mind, slipping into the shadows. Many Christians today are in the shadows. They may not be out into obscure, total darkness, but they're slipping quicker and quicker into the shadows as Satan begins to, to uh, 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 mobilize uh, his darkness into the lives of even the church and Christians today. Many churches tonight, guess what? It's a good way to put it, are dark. The lights are out. And the Spirit of God's not there. What's even sadder is some of them, the lights are on and there's a few people sitting in the seats and the Spirit of God's not there. That's even sadder. The fact is, is that we must realize the importance of, of the light that is before us. You realize that tonight that it's up to you, it's up to me to make sure that our children are in the light. It's up to you and it's up to me to make sure that this church stays in the light. It's up to you, it's up to me to make sure that we not only have the light in the, in, in, in the church here, but that we take the light and we go forth from here and we share that light for others. Yes. That light is Jesus Christ. He is the light. This light that illuminates the heart is the light that illuminates the heart and the soul of men. In verse 4 there, look at John 1 and verse 4, it says, In Him was life. And the life, now look what it says. And the life was the light of men. The life. Jesus Christ, that life that he came, that he gave, that he picked back up again, is the light for you and me. There's some very important things to, to help maintain life and growth. You know what it is? One of it is, is water. One is air, oxygen. The other is what? Light. If you, if you go out here and, and you plant your corn and it, and it comes up, and if we don't have sunshine for long periods of time, that corn will not grow correctly. And many times it will begin to turn yellow. It needs the sunshine. It needs the light. You take a house plant or whatever you might have and you take it and you put it off in a room somewhere and you close the door on it and it's going to die because it doesn't get light. 
Can I tell you something? One of the reasons that so many Christians are folding up and falling into the darkness is because they're not getting the light that they need in their hearts and lives. Yes, they know Jesus Christ their Savior, but they're not walking in the light. They're not following in the light. They're not living in the light of Jesus Christ. We've got to have light. We've got to have the light. We find there in the, in the Scripture, if you begin to go look at that and the comparison of it there, you find that, you know, that, that uh, uh, there was some, you know, the, the things like Jesus breathed life. That, was, that would be the, the air or the oxygen into, the, into man and he became a living soul. Jesus is that living water that springs up within the Christian. And he's the light that will give eternal life. Just as the first, crea- as the first creation began with let there be light. Think about it. What did the Lord say? And let there be what? Light. And I believe that in this day and time, that I believe that the call is still coming out. Let there be light. Because there's such a need for people to, to be in the light, to see Jesus Christ, to know Him. So as it was in the beginning, so does the new creation begin with the entrance of light into the heart of the believer. There's light that brings about a new life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and begin verse 3, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are, that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Notice what it says, Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. That light is so important. Can I, I can't drive that home enough. That light is so important for them to, to come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's the only thing that's going to bring life, is that light. Verse 5 of that says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You see, the coming of Jesus Christ into the world was the dawning of a new day for sinful man. That light came up and shined. Luke chapter 1 and verse 78 and 79 says, Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. There can be no peace without light. We have people today who are running to and fro, back and forth, running to, and, I, and, I, and I'm not against having counselors and, and psychiatrists. There's, there's a need for them. But a lot of people today, they're running back and forth and they're running to drugs and they're running to alcohol. They're running to the immorality. They're running to this. They're running to that. And the whole thing is, is they're in search of light. And they can't see. They have no peace in their lives. When that light shines in your life and when you stay in the light, there's a peace that passeth all understanding. All understanding. I remember as a, you know, as a kid and growing up, uh, being out of a night, and and uh, 
uh, you know, and I've told this story before about I'd set out limb lines and, and throw lines down at the creek and catch a little bullhead catfish and stuff. And just about 10 o'clock before I had to go to bed in the summertime, I'd, I'd head off down across the field, across the garden, then across the field down to the creek, and I'd have some set up, off, uh, set up down there. And I'd go down there and I'd have my flashlight. And it'd be dark, I mean real dark, maybe not even a, a moon that night and you're out there and, and boy, you can, you can just hear every little noise. I mean, it's just like everything is amplified. And naturally you're thinking, man, something's going to get me. And you're in that darkness. You got your flashlight and boy, you're glad you got that flashlight and it never fails. You'd walk up to the bank and you had the flashlight down like that. And right over here, there'd be a big old bullfrog. And man, go like it and jump in the water. Scare the daylights out of you. But what was always bad is when you'd been using the flashlight too much and the batteries go dead. And there you are at the other end of the field. And it's dark. And you're trying to make your way back. And as I said before, there's... When you got cattle in the field, there's landmines. Yeah. <laughs> you step on them, you slide, you go down. <laughs> landmines. And you're running like crazy to get back up there. And I'll tell you what, everything seems worse when there's no light. And there's no peace in your heart till you get back to that light. My friend, today... You know Christians, I know Christians, and maybe you're sitting here tonight and there's just no real peace in your life. You need to get in the light. You need to get in the light. You may be sitting here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. There's no peace in your heart. There's nothing but the darkness and the, and the fear that, that's raging in your life. You need to get into the light of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is this true light that John was speaking of. In verse 9, he says, That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. There has been light given to every single person who has ever been born. You say, well, preacher, what about, and it's always everybody, and I think Brother Dave even says, and people say, well, what about the people over in deep, darkest Africa, you know, or, or you know, uh, the, the pygmies and, and all those people out in the wild that, that maybe a missionary hasn't reached. Even to them, even to them, there has been given some light. But the scripture is plain. I believe it's in Psalms where he says that, Basically, if you don't respond to the light that's given to you, you're not going to get any more light. You must respond to the light. There was, it was John, uh, uh, was it John Rice? John, uh, not John. Uh, Brother Rice down at, had the, had the uh, uh, that, that started the, uh, Bill Rice Ranch, Bill Rice, I guess that helped, Bill Rice Ranch, <laughs> took care of that. Bill Rice, he was in Africa. There's a book out, you ought to get it sometime. It's an old book, I don't know if you can find it anymore. It's, it's called uh, Cowboy Boots in Africa. He was out in Africa, out into the jungles. And out in the jungles out there, uh, he had, of course, he had uh, some, 
some men who were his guides that were tribal men who who who'd been through all that jungle and they knew where the tribes were and they were leading him out to a tribe to try to be a witness to these people and try to get the gospel to them. And, and they had some, I believe they had some Bibles that were made up in their language and, and so forth. But as they went through there, they heard a noise and they stopped. And it sounded like a man. And he called for one of his guides and he said, Can you tell me what they're saying? And to make a long story short, there was a a tribal man out there in the middle of the jungle from one of those tribes that was basically saying, if there's a God, would you help me to know you? And as he called for there to be, if there's a God, just so happened, oh, just a coincidence, that Bill Rice was there, had an interpreter that could understand what he was saying. And he was able to lead that man to the Lord, went to his tribal village, led others to the Lord. You see, when they respond to a little light, God gives them more light. The light shineth to all. You see, a lot of people think, well, there's going to be people who's going to stand before the Lord and say, I never knew. I never had an opportunity. Nobody ever told me. But even nature itself declares the glory of God. The stars of heaven, all that you see created, declares the glory of God. There is no excuse, the Bible says, in Romans chapter 1. We are without excuse. And so the, the gospel light goes out. It says, cometh into the world. It says, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Why? Because Jesus is that true light. There's a lot of imperfect lights, a lot of lights that are not very good lights that many people are clinging to. Though many people are clinging to the imperfect light of baptism. Baptism doesn't save a person. It's the right thing to do. Once you're saved, it's the right thing to do. Once you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, God has commanded you to follow Him in believer's baptism. It's the right thing to do. But it doesn't save you. That would be an imperfect light. A good works. A lot of people today believe, well, if, I, if my good works outweigh my bad works, then I'll get to heaven. No, my friend. Good works are good. And we should do those good works as a Christian so that we can show others uh, and bring honor and glory to God so that we can show them the way of Jesus Christ. But it's an imperfect light. Church membership. You can join every church in this town, every denomination. And still go to hell. Church membership's right. It's good. But it's an imperfect light. Well, pray. I pray every day. I, I was visiting with, there was a lady that had a need today. And she'd called. And I said, yeah, come by and I'll, 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 I'll do what we can do for you. And she came by. And, and uh, as I was visiting with her and everything, trying to get her, uh, uh, trying to, to get her to understand that Jesus Christ is a way of salvation, and, and she just, boy, she wouldn't hardly let me talk, and I, I had to just keep, well, but, and, and, but, and, and, uh, and finally got her to say, I said, have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Savior? And she looked, she said, well, I, I pray, I pray all the time, I, I pray all the time. And she's going through, supposedly going through some health issues, she was needing gas money to get uh, to Columbia to get, um, 
the shots and stuff that she's supposed to have, and, and she's very gracious, and you say, well, it doesn't matter. But anyway, the, the fact is, and then I went on, and I said, but, you, but Jesus Christ came into the world to take your sins and my sins upon him and die in our place. Somebody has to die for sin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, and, and I, and I went on and, and I explained uh, the, how that she could be saved. And, and she said, well, I, I've been baptized. I've been baptized. I said, baptism is good, but it won't get you to heaven. And she said, well, little by little, I'm getting there. She said, I'm going to make it. And then she just dominated and wouldn't quit talking. Because I'm sure she was under conviction and she didn't want me to talk anymore. So I gave her a gospel track and let her go on her way. All those things that she talked about, they're good. But they're not the true light. They're not the true light. You know, there's, there's all kinds of lights that are used for all kinds of things, even... Uh, in greenhouses and stuff like that to help grow things. But you know what? Nothing is as good as the sun. Can I tell you that there's a lot of lights out there that's good stuff, but there's nothing as good as the sun of God. He's the one that is the true light. And oh, how we need to get people to the true light. Not all these imperfect lights, not all these other lights. Once we receive the true light, we're to share that light with others. Once this light has made an entrance into your life and my life, we're to share this light with others around us that they might also receive life by that light. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Ye are the light of the world. Wait a minute, preacher. I thought Jesus was the light of the world. He said, While I am here, I am the light of the world. But after he left, now he's, he's prepared us and he said, now you're the light of the world. You're to share the light. What light are we to share? We're imperfect also. That light that we're to share is that of Jesus Christ. He says, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. In this dark world, as the darkness begins to crowd in, we need to be that light. Now we can sit back and say, yeah, that's right, that's right, preacher. Okay, what are you doing about it? What am I doing about it? Are we sharing that light? Are we telling them about Jesus Christ? Are we getting the Word of God out to them? You, need, you see, we need to be getting, the light, getting out the light to them, the, the gospel uh, uh, to a world that's living in darkness. What would it be like if you men, you were out somewhere, uh, let's say that you was out on the river and uh, it got dark, say it was midnight and there was no moon and just you and your wife and all of a sudden the motor quits on the boat and so you knew that about where you was at and so you knew that there's a highway up there and you had to make it up to the highway, try to flag somebody down, get some help. So you pull the, you get the paddle out and you paddle the boat over to the, 
to the bank and, and you tie it up and then you help your wife get out. You got a flashlight with you. And you start up that bank and there's root wads and there's, there's rocks and there's leaves and there's mud and it's a steep bank and, and you're out in front and you got the light, buddy, and you're going. And she's slipping, tripping, falling and thinking of ways that you'll not wake up in the morning. She needs you to share that light with her, don't you? You see, you've got the light if you're saved. And you're going through this world and you're able to see the stumbling blocks. You're able to see the root wads. You're able to see the slippery slopes. You're able to see things in the path. You're able to see the snake laying in the way. But what about the person that you want to follow you? What about the person you say you want to get saved? What about that neighbor that you say you want to see him get saved that maybe you've even been praying for him? What about the person down at Walmart that you go in and you see and they check you out and, and, and you talk to them a little bit but you've never shared the gospel with them but you want to see him get saved. You want to see him come to church but you've never shared your light with them. You know what happens? They just slide back into darkness. Every one of us in this room, we have a responsibility. We have an opportunity, but we have a responsibility to be that light. Jesus said that he was the light of the world while he was here. But now we're to be that light. You see, it's not that we are anything to be bragged upon. But when you receive Jesus Christ, that light came in. Amen. And they're not looking, that light is not you, that light is Jesus Christ. That we're to take the bushel off or take the basket off so that others can see. It would be like this, if you have a flashlight and you stick it in your coat and it's on. But it's helping nobody until it's uncovered. And oh, how that light needs to be uncovered in our lives instead of sitting under the bushel while souls are dying and even Christians are stumbling and struggling in their own lives. We're to be that light everywhere we go. You know, Satan's not ashamed of spreading his darkness. That jumped out at me today when I seen this guy flying a three-by-five satanic flag behind his rig. Dressed with all the satanic symbols. Had the satanic symbols on his vehicle and had the CD 666. You say, what does the CD stand for? I'm afraid to say, but I think I know what it means. Christ is dead. They're not ashamed. They're not afraid. We, every one of us run across people and say, I'm not interested. They're not ashamed to say that they don't want Jesus. 
But you know what? We should be shining the light. We should never be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, if you're ashamed of me in this adult, sinful and adulterous world, he said, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father which is in heaven. Know how we should stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and should be that shining light that souls might be saved. I'm not saying that you've got to get, uh, preach a message to everyone, but hey, listen, when's the last time that you just carried your gospel track and gave somebody a gospel track? Preach, that's just awful hard to do. Yeah, I know it is. It's just like this. Hey, how you doing today? Hey, let me give you something. You see, you mean you don't have to stand there and, and, and preach a message to them? Sometimes you don't have the ability to. Sometimes all you got to do, you, gotta, you just got to sow some seed. Then there's other times that you have the opportunity to say, hey, listen. Hey, and you know them a little bit more. Say, listen, can I get you to come to church? I'd like you to come to church with me. I'll tell you what you can do. You can even come over to my house after, after church and have lunch. Or whatever it is and invite them. I'll make you a promise. You get them here. I'll preach the gospel. You say, well, preach that was me. Oh, yeah, it was because your light led them here. It's so important that we understand the need of getting that light out to others. This dark world needs light right now as it's never needed before. So could I ask you, what are you hiding your light under? Fear? Afraid that you won't know what to say? Preacher, I don't know how to witness to somebody. I don't know how to tell them how to get saved. Tell them what Jesus has done for you. Tell them how good Jesus has been to you. Plant the seed. Let the Holy Spirit deal with their heart. What we need today... I don't know. Here's here's a, here's an amazing thing to me. I turned sixty one today. Now somebody's going to jump on this after services, but it's too late. Sixty one years. Listen to me. I have never had one single person witness to me. So oh, you must have been around friends. I've been around a lot of people I didn't know. I told you about being in an elevator with a preacher and giving him a gospel track. It's 61 years. No one's ever witnessed to me. Outside of when I went to church and heard preaching. Nobody, you know, people just never, never done it. Oh, you'll have the Jehovah Witness will knock on your door. Or the Mormon. Or whatever. I'm talking about people who have the light. Who have the truth. John 1.8 says, would it be like John the Baptist? He was not that light. John said, I'm not that light. But was sent to bear witness of that light. That's what you and I are to do. We're to bear witness of that light. We're kind of like the moon. 
we reflect that true light, Jesus Christ. Therefore, making us the light of the world since Jesus went to be with the Father in heaven. These many, these may be dark days, but can I say something here? Oh, preacher, it's dark. Yeah, it's dark. And boy, what can we do? I mean, can I tell you something? Every day that you get up, there's sunlight. Oh, preacher, it was, it, it was cloudy the other day. There wasn't sunlight. Oh, there was sunlight. There just wasn't any sunshine. There was sunlight. Otherwise, it would have been dark completely. And so we need to get the sunlight out. Even in a dark world, it may not always shine brightly, but there should always be that sunlight for Jesus Christ. We need to live day by day that this world can see the light of Jesus Christ in us, the true light. The light is the only hope for a dark world. I've told the story. I'm not going to go ahead and tell this whole story again, but every time I think about light and dark, I think about the story about the, that aircraft carrier that had to go in full darkness, shut every light off on that aircraft carrier, and there was, I forget now how many airplanes there was. I want to say 19. I may be wrong on that. Maybe less. Now I have to go back and look. But there were several airplanes out that went on a bombing run. And they was on their way back, and they had to shut down every light. They would not even let a man light a cigarette on, on the deck of that ship because there's enemy subs in the area. And they begged those, that squadron of airplanes, they begged, they begged for them just to turn on. They said, if you'll just turn on one light, we'll tell you which light it is. We want you to turn on that way. We know. You tell us the direction that you're, you're headed and we see that one light, we'll, we can land on that aircraft carrier. Give us the opportunity, please. And they bagged them until the man that was operating the radio pulled the headset out, couldn't take it any longer. And one by one, they ran out of fuel. And those, all those men perished as every one of those planes plunged into the ocean. But they could not even turn on one light. And I think about us today, in the darkness of this world, oh, how we need to turn on a light the light of Jesus Christ. He said, he's the true light. And I believe with that, he wants us to understand that we also need to be light. Light. Because that light will bring life eternal. Let's bow. Maybe tonight you just need to find a place of prayer and say, Lord, help me to be that light. Help me to turn on the light for someone this week. Help me to show the way of eternity for someone this week. Help me to share the gospel. Maybe to invite somebody to church, whatever it might be. But turn the light on this week. Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for the true light, which is Jesus Christ. That name is a reminder, Lord, that we are to be of the light of the world now. And we're to show Jesus Christ who is that light. Lord, help us each one to look at our lives, even at this very moment, and say, what, is, what in my life is hiding the light, if there is being hid? 
Is there something hiding the light from my family? Is there something hiding the light from my neighbor? Is there something hiding the light with my, from my friends? Is there something hiding the light from my coworkers? Lord, help us to remove it. Lord, that we might shine the light of Jesus Christ. Have your will and way in this invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us tonight? Heads bowed, eyes closed.